Welcome to the Wrigley Report Podcast. This is Big Cynical Ben is your host. You can find us online at medium.com slash the dash Wrigley dash Rapport, R-A-P-P-O-R-T. You can find us on Twitter at Wrigley Rapport. Find this podcast on Twitter at Wrigley Podcast. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Big Ben KC. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Overcast. Breaker, Radio Public, Castbox, Anchor, and everywhere podcasts are heard. Today on the podcast, we're going to take a look at the most recent article out of Bleacher Nation by Brett Taylor, where Dexter Fowler's effort, energy, and hustle is questioned by Cardinals President John Moziliak. And we're going to take a look at the Cubs' parallels with Jason Hayward, as well as how the Cubs use their management to bring the best out of players, and the Cardinals are just a trash organization. We're also going to preview a brand new segment called Call to the Bleachers. Leave us a voicemail at anchor.com, and we'll make sure to put it on the show and talk about it a little bit. First one's from composer Chris, and that'll be later on. But first, let's talk about Dexter Fowler. Signed a five-year, $82.5 million deal with the St. Louis Cardinals in 2017. It was mutual as far as the feelings between the Cubs and Dexter Fowler. He had two years. He helped win us a World Series single-handedly with that leadoff home run in Game 7. Leading to the famous line, you go, we go. Um, he was culturally the leadoff hitter for the Chicago Cubs for the two years he was here. He was the center fielder. Uh, decent defense, amazing offense, ability to be successful, base running aggressively, swipe bags. He did it all. He was a solid player. Got his first big contract after winning the World Series with the Cubs and breaking the curse. And Dex is still loved in Chicago today. And he goes to St. Louis. The first year, he turned into solid performance. Everybody was pleased with Dexter Fowler the first year. It was the second year now, in 2018, where his slash lines 171, 276, 278. He's got a negative 1.1 war for all you stat nerds out there. The Hayward and Dex fan reactions between the Cubs fan base and the Cardinals fan base when they slump hard are very similar. And I think it's just solely on the public's understanding of how much these guys are getting paid to perform for their respective teams. But Dexter Fowler was called out in an interview with the Bleacher Nation Cardinals president John Moziliak said the following, quote, It's been a frustrating year for everybody involved. Here's a guy who wants to go out and play well. I think he would tell you it's hard to do that when you're not playing on a consistent basis, but I've also had a lot of people come up to me and question his effort and energy level. You know, these are things I can't defend. What I can defend is trying to create opportunities for him. 
but not if it's at the expense of someone who's out there hustling and playing hard. And really, I think everyone just needs to take a hard look in the mirror and decide what they want the next chapter to look like. And in Dexter's case, maybe taking a brief time out, trying to reassess himself, and then give him a chance for a strong second half is probably what's best for everybody. I'm hopeful to touch base with him in the near future and decide what makes the most sense. But clearly, he is not playing at the level we had hoped. End quote. So that's the Cardinals' president talking about their center fielder, their highest paid acquisition for 2017. Throwing Dexter under the bus while Dexter Fowler is on maternity leave for the birth of their next child. Not the classiest thing. But let's break down what we're looking at here, especially in a difference between how the Cardinals front office operates and the Cubs front office operates. How many World Series rings does the Cubs have? They have three. How many World Series do the Cardinals have? Their ring count stands at 11, but who really cares, except for Cardinals fans who are disappointed in a losing season, on Twitter. Joe Madden and the Cubs brass came out last year when... Jason Hayward was in that awful slump and they took the arrows for him on a consistent basis. Joe Madden put him out there consistently in the lineup, consistently in the outfield. They had his back. His $182 million deal, I could be getting that wrong, laid the groundwork for what the free agent market was going to be when they acquired Jason Hayward. And he put himself into Cubs legend by giving the players only speech before extra innings in the seventh game of the World Series, therefore rallying the troops to win a World Series for Chicago, breaking the 108-year curse. He is an immortal in his words, not necessarily his deeds on the field offensively. He wasn't the same, De- uh, he wasn't the same Jason Hayward as he was with the Braves or even the Cardinals, but he's better for the Cubs because he's what they need in the clubhouse and he's what they need defensively. There were people calling for Jason Hayward's job. There were people calling from the Cubs fan base for a reckoning because of the massive failure that Jason Hayward appeared to be at the plate. And now that's all coming full circle because what Joe Madden did is instill confidence in his players, instill confidence in his guy who is the Cubs right fielder, Jason Hayward. And his ability to revamp and rework the mechanics of his swing inside out from the ground up to stop falling victim to the fastball and start making contact, which is exactly what Jason Hayward has done. And it is because the Cubs organization not only stood behind him, but took the arrows from the fan base that allowed Jason to clear his head focus on the task at hand and reconstruct his swing to where he is a productive, I would even venture to say the most productive Cubs hitter, consistent Cubs hitter for the 2018 season, especially in the last 30, 40 days. Mike Matheny and John Moziliak are part of a team with a historically winning franchise who is been knocked out of contention since 2015 when the Cubs ended their playoff run in the sweet, sweet manner 
Oh, I enjoyed that thoroughly, not only because of my deep seated hatred for everything that is the Cardinals franchise, but because my twin brother is a Cardinals fan and I got to rub it in his face. It was amazing. But pressure in winning organizations from the fan base takes a toll on the management and the brass who don't understand what it takes to lead a ball club back to winning ways. It's easy to be a Cardinals fan, like it's easy to be a Yankees fan, because they have the World Series rings from back in the day, and they have a winning culture, you could call it, in the clubhouse. People expect to win, people expect to go out on the field and perform. In fact, I would dare say that the Cardinals franchise and their fans have gotten lazy because they're the wake-me-up-when-we-get-to-the-playoffs fan base. You don't earn it in the playoffs. You earn it in the regular season. I could go on for hours about how Cubs fans and Cardinals fans differ, but that's a, that's a cultural thing in the city of St. Louis is you expect to win. You expect to see the sausage without having to make the sausage. You expect the small rebuilds instead of the long, drawn-out rebuilds. So that leads us to the frustration in a Cardinals clubhouse that is toxic when faced with continual losing strategy. They have not been doing well. The players are at each other's throats. How can I tell this? Because last year, Colton Wong's ego broke ranks and he went to the news media because he was frustrated that he wasn't getting his playing time. Mr. Colton Wong, second baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals, was striking out more than he was hitting home runs in 2017 after a breakout 2016 season, and he was ticked because he was striking out so much and hurting his team so much that he was getting benched for other players. And so he didn't suck it up and focus on his gameplay. He went to the media and started complaining about it. He went around the manager and around his teammates to complain about it and put it front and center in the media to the fan base that, wham, I'm not getting my plate appearances. That is not indicative of a winning culture, not only in the clubhouse, but as far as the team-wide culture goes. Remember, teams are built of human beings, human beings that have thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and they have good days and they have bad days, and teams that don't put aside their selfish reasons of chasing after money, chasing after fame, chasing after a big contract possibly somewhere else, and coming together for the team as one goal to win a championship are teams that do not make the playoffs, that are roiled in frustration, and that have issues, especially in the clubhouse. And I dare say that it rots from the head down. Frustration in a management that can't put the right pieces together, that do not foster a good culture in the clubhouse, often have it come back to bite them in the rear, mostly because overpaid players don't come together and end up costing a lot of money to finish third or fourth in their division. Up until a few years ago, the Los Angeles Dodgers are a perfect example of this, as well as the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Big money team. Can't get past the first round of the playoffs. Now, the Dodgers broke through the World Series last year, but they didn't win it. Got all these big names. All these big players that don't come together because they're only concerned with the check they're getting paid. 
You can see it in players that don't care about their teams when the big free agents are landed by teams and then they tank. When you get your big payday to set you up for retirement and then you tank in gameplay because you've gotten the check. Right, Matt Kemp's a good example of this. The Juan Batistas of the world, or Jose Batistas of the world, sorry. Even Zach Grinke when he went to the Diamondbacks. It's not there. The consistent play isn't there and the leadership isn't there. I don't think that's what happened to Dex. Let me tell you why. Because he went in and he did solid performances first season. Solid performance. Nobody was questioning Dex's ability last year. Nobody was questioning the Cardinals' ability to win with Dex last year. It's only this season when the Cardinals find themselves looking out of a hole in third place in the division, are they whining and complaining about how Dex is not performing? That's blaming. The winning team culture, the traditional winning team culture approach to losing is one of two ways. Either you have faith in your talent and you protect them like Joe Madden, or you find somebody to blame, which is exactly what John Moziliak did. He found the guy he's going to blame and put the mantle on Dexter Fowler to the fan bases. This guy is the reason we're not winning. And that is petty, and that is wrong, and that is... uh, that is coercive to what a team culture should be and ought to be. But that's what the Cardinals team culture has become. Because losing is hard. We Cubs fans have sat there in the seats, in the bleachers for years and witnessed the losing culture in Chicago. It took overwhelming talent and the leadership of Theo Epstein and Joe Madden to put in place a winning culture of patience and confidence that we had never had before and opened a window to world multiple World Series championships. And we're right in the middle of it. I don't want to hear another call for Joe Madden's firing. I don't want to hear another call for selling off players because this is the difference between a team with a winning culture and a team with a losing culture. A team with a winning mentality, a team with a losing mentality. The Cubs have a clubhouse culture that brings everybody to the table together, and the Cardinals have a clubhouse culture of blaming somebody else for the loss. It's easy to blame a guy when he's out on maternity leave with his wife instead of looking at him in the face in the clubhouse and saying, we got to have a conversation about your effort. You don't see these spats roll out into the public sphere on the Cubs side because the Players understand the team is more important than being petty. Apparently that doesn't fly in St. Louis. The tone is set by the management. Player leadership matters. In a daily grind of 162 games for a season between 20 and 30 year old men having the right attitude in the clubhouse is just as important as being able to connect with the baseball when you're swinging at the plate. This is what numbers guys don't understand. This is what the numbers nerds don't get about baseball is it's not stats on a stat sheet. It's guys in a clubhouse in uniform. It's not about having the best players. It's about having the right players. Otherwise, the Yankees will win the World Series every year or Boston win the World Series every year. The guys who buy the talent do not always win the prize. Scouts look for character in players. 
It's part of the scouting process. Is this guy a team player or is he a showboat? Is he going to come together with the other players or is he just in it for his big paycheck? But the front offices who have been so ensconced in the money ball approach have lost that ability to see that character matters for players. We've seen enough cancers in the clubhouse wearing blue pinstripes for the Cubbies. Miguel Montero, I wrote a huge article on him last year. He's a cancer. Carlos Sembrano, he was a cancer. He was enjoyable to watch on the mound, but he was a cancer in the clubhouse, starting fights with other players in the dugout. Are you kidding me? Sammy Sosa, cancer. Self-motivated, showboating cheater who was only interested in money and not about team success. Cheater. Self-centered. Cancer in the clubhouse. We have seen all these guys define their eras wearing blue pinstripes with the Cubs. And it is over. We have moved past it. We are beyond this losing mentality. And we are beyond blaming other players for the losses on the field as far as management goes, as far as... Uh, the brass goes in the Cubs front office, and as far as other players go, when Miguel Montero was kicked out, that was it. After Miguel turned around and blamed Jake Arrieta for the reason why he was doing lousy behind the plate, that was it. That was the last semblance of selfishness in the clubhouse. These guys are in it for each other to win in this window. And that's why we have to be careful about who we bring into this atmosphere. Because are they going to make it better or are they going to make it worse? It is never, it is never stagnant. It is dynamic in the clubhouse. It's going to change one way or the other. So when you're looking for free agents, you've got to look at who they want to bring in. Carnal's frustration is unraveling team cohesiveness. As the Cubs take arrows for their players, the Cardinals find somebody to blame. Losing tends to frustration, which tends to blame, which tends to continued losing. It's all a big cycle. If you lose and you don't find a way out of it, you're going to continue to lose. If you lose and you don't take responsibility and try to get better as an individual for the betterment of the team and you just try to find somebody else to blame because it ain't my fault, it ain't my paycheck that's going to be affected by this losing, I don't want to be seen as the bad guy by the fans, then it's only going to lead to more losing. The Cardinals have found themselves in a spiral. And it is some joy to watch. But Dex doesn't deserve it. He was brought in, and now they're blaming him. Like, he was the one guy. Like, Dexter Fowler was the key to the Cardinals going back to winning the World Series. Are you kidding me? I remember when the Cubs had that loud look, and they got Alfonso Soriano from the Yankees. Like, that was the guy. So free-swinging Soriano, who injured his ankle every other year, hopping for a fly ball in left field, was going to be the answer to all the Cubs' problems, bringing him in to the losing organization with a losing mentality 10, 20 years ago. It didn't work then. It's not going to work now. If you bring in one player as your solution to all of the problems in your team, you are not going to win, and you're only going to make things worse by giving big contracts to players who don't deserve them. I think Dex deserves every penny that he's getting paid because of how he brought the Cubs together as far as the leadoff spot. How you go, we go was the mantra of the Cubs for 2016. And he put him over the top with the leadoff home run in Game 7. 
And that is the lore and the history of how good players make good teams better in the clubhouse first and foremost. The Cubs are doing it right. And the fans need to recognize it. And just take a good look down the river and look in St. Louis at the freak show that is turning out to be with all these players not liking each other, throwing darts at each other, the president coming down on players. It's just a full-on dumpster fire. So be thankful for who we have. Be thankful for what Joe Madden is. Be thankful for the team Theo put together in Chicago because this is how good teams win baseball games. And you're seeing it unfold before your eyes. Hey, I uh, found your show tonight and your Twitter handles tonight during the uh, Dodgers first game of the Dodgers series. And I really like what you have to say about the veteran leadership in the locker room. That uh, I've thought the same thing, that no one's really stepped up to fill that hole that uh, Ross had filled in 2016. I had thought maybe or hoped maybe that Zobrist could. He's got a couple championships under his belt, but uh, maybe he's just not wired that way, I guess. I don't know. And uh, Lester also would be someone that you'd hope could um, fill that role as well. But I think you're absolutely right. The, The guys are all young. They're all so talented and Something's just not clicking, and it's not a physical thing. It's not a talent thing. It's got to be something else. Although, with Chris Bryant, it looks like it is a physical thing, so hopefully he's back soon. All right, thanks. Keep it up. There it is, our first call to the bleachers by composer Chris. Thanks for the message, man. Yes, I think there's a distinct need for leadership in the Cubs clubhouse, but I'm not sure it's not already there. I think Zobrist at this point with the two rings is just going to enjoy the rest of his time in a baseball uniform. I mean, the guy's mid-30s. So I think uh, Mr. Amish Beard's probably wrapping it up and calling it a career. At some point, it's just, it's too much effort. You got your wife and you got your kids and you're going around the country and you're in your mid-30s and you ache all the time and it's it's hard to take time out and really apply yourself as a mentor to younger players. Either you that's why it's usually a catcher. It's usually a backup catcher where, you know, they don't they don't have the daily grind. They only they only play once every 5 days like like Grandpa Rossi did or it's it's a it could be a pitcher um you know, guys who are just hanging in the um, the dugout and aren't exhausted or aren't you know pushed to the limit as far as the daily position players. Because the hardest spot on a baseball team is the daily starting catcher and the daily position players and the daily outfielders. So unless one guy just feels led to be a mentor who's a daily starter in the in the clubhouse and in the dugout, it's usually going to be one of the other guys, either a pitcher or a catcher who's not starting every day that takes the time to really mentor. I'm not so sure that the guys not on the team now who could really pull together and be a mentor for the Cubs. Um, I I like John Lester. I'd like to see John Lester. Uh, Jimenez, I think, showed amazing promise being able to settle down uh, the new Cubs pitcher and get through four innings. Um, last time he was up, so it's there. I think Jimenez. I'd like to see Jimenez step up and take a role because that that's really the best 
player in the best position, being you know backup catcher, third string catcher if Caratini's there. Um, so yeah, I think that's where it's got to come from. But um, as, we got a spark, and we're winning now. So let's let's hope it it it, start, it maintains itself, and we see some of the veterans come out of the woodwork and start really pulling these guys in the same direction because we have so much talent, it's unreal. We just have to get all the horses pulling in the right direction. And just think it takes a clubhouse leadership to do that. So we'll see where it takes them. I'm optimistic, though. If you would like to leave a voicemail for a call to the bleachers, head on over to Anchor, uh, the Anchor app, or uh, Anchor... Search Anchor on Google, and uh, you can leave us a voicemail, and we'll go to you and call the bleachers, and we'll let everybody hear what you have to say, and this is a lot of fun. So go ahead and hit me up. Uh, We're heard wherever you can hear podcasts, iTunes, Google, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, and CastBox, and Anchor, and hopefully I'll see you guys again next time. Till then, let's go Cubs.